Get Real Indie Filmcast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. You know, William Dickerson is, uh, I would say, one of our best guests so far. Yeah, Interesting guy to talk to. I, I enjoyed the conversation. In fact, do yourself a favor, subscribe to the podcast, and go back and listen to episode five right mm-hmm. now. And come back to this show later. Um, yeah. <laughs> just go ahead. Go ahead and subscribe. Go listen to episode five. And uh, we'll wait for you to come back. Yeah, I'll be right. I'll so, be right uh, here. I'm going to make a cup of tea while we wait. <laughs> William was so inspirational uh, as a filmmaker. Welcome back. By yeah, the way. Welcome back. Yeah. My, my tea's cold now that we just went through a time warp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so on the show today, we have uh, Michael Laskin. He's going to be talking about actors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been on a lot of television, by mm-hmm. the way. He's been on uh, Seinfeld. Did you know that? I didn't. He was on one episode of Seinfeld. I'm going to look that one up now. I want to I want to see it. Allie McBeal. Oh, I remember that show. I never watched he it. He was on Melrose, Melrose mm-hmm. Place. L.A. Law. He was a judge for three episodes on L.A. Law. Wow. And we're going to get to talk to him? And he was on Matlock. Yeah. I love Matlock. For some reason. Oh, man, that was a good show. I guess things aren't going so well now, so he can. Uh, he has time to talk to us. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a great, <laughs> great guy to talk to. And I, I feel honored that he's on sharing his information with us. Cause, cause, because who are we? You know, so let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with Michael Laskin, uh, the author of The Authentic Actor. If you're a filmmaker with a sense of humor, let me introduce you to the Spoof Dance Film Festival. This is the festival for those who like to make parodies. Spoof Dance specializes in TV commercial parodies, and you can also submit TV show parodies. Submission is open now. Visit Borges.com slash spoofdance to find out more. Michael Laskin has been a professional actor for 35 years in film, television, and off-Broadway. He teaches at the Michael Laskin Studio and produces plays, including Jeffrey Tambor's Performing Your Life. Uh, He also has a Master of Arts from the University of Minnesota. And uh, I don't want to forget that uh, Michael wrote a book for actors called The Authentic Actor, The Art and Business of Being Yourself. Michael, thanks for joining us. You're more than welcome. Happy to be here. Welcome to the show. Um, thank yeah. Thanks for being here. You're you're in L.A., right? I am. Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of acting in L.A. Um, is that the best place for an actor to go right now? Is is Atlanta becoming more popular for the acting community? Yes. I mean, <clears throat> this. I think what has happened in a, in a larger sense is that. I mean, many, many years ago, most of the production was here. The business is still centered here. 
And the better roles are generally cast out of here. Out of Atlanta, it's generally smaller roles. Now, a lot of a lot of actors starting out, that's that's what they need to do. And so, you know, but the, the, the problem is, if you, you know, there are many L.A. based actors, for instance, who are represented by an agent in Atlanta and they may get a co-star role that works a day or two and pays very little. And you have to get yourself there and put yourself up. So it becomes a money losing proposition. But it's a way to gain a toehold in the industry. I think the, the better roles are generally cast out of here or New York. So do you recommend actors head to California uh, or what's, what's your advice to an actor who's just starting out? <laughs> I mean, I, there's they? too many of them. That's my advice. Well, well, well that's what I, that's the gist I get. And, but back in the day, everybody would be like, I got to get out to Hollywood if I want to make it in this well, uh, industry. It, it, what's your advice? It depends how you define make it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everybody has a different definition of that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I came out here in 1982, and it was it was a completely different world than it is today. I still think that the dream, the, the dream of California, of Los Angeles, of the film business is still very potent. I mean, there's more and more people coming here. Um it seems to be an endless stream. I'm now actually teaching at USC as well, and so dealing with those people who are studying at you know at the university level, um, you know there is no real one answer. A lot of people. I mean, the cliche is that New York is more of a theater-based mm-hmm. town, and LA is more. But I think that's all. I think there's still there's a lot of film and television in New York. There's a lot of theater in LA. I think it's continually changing, and as I just said earlier, production is. In Atlanta, uh, there was a lot in New Orleans and New Mexico and other places. So it's um, – I, I think it's its very tough. There, It's not like England, for instance, mm-hmm. where, where everything's in London. Yeah. It's not that way here. We're a much bigger, uh, more diverse place as far as artistic opportunities. When you're an actor – should you just focus on your acting in your book? You, you talk about being a business person and, um, mm-hmm. and, and really kind of chasing this by yourself or on your own, I should say, uh, being more proactive as opposed to reactive. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, yes. I think, I think the old sort of construct of how actors used to make themselves known as you, you do a play Somebody sees you in it, uh, you get an agent, you get auditions, you get phone calls. That still happens, but it, I think more and more it is a – you are a standalone brand and and you're your own business and your own industry. And not everybody who's an artist is really down with that. Not everybody's on – they're on all different parts of that spectrum. Some people are very, very good at that. Some people who are wonderful artists uh, find that – extremely difficult so somewhere in the in the middle there you have to you have to i think you have to come to grips with that because it's imperative and i I do think getting back to what we were originally going to discuss um is that I, i just think that the opportunities now to create your own content are the the barriers are down you can put you know, you can create something very quickly. You can put it on YouTube. You can, it's flooded with stuff, a lot of which is just dreadful, a lot of which isn't mm-hmm. very good. But it does, not to say all of it, there's there's some that's that's very good, but it's, 
So you, when you do that, you throw yourself into an extremely saturated um, marketplace of ideas. And and but on the other hand, I, I know of instances where people got writing deals, series deals, um, major kind of deals out of stuff they did that they put online. You know, they created a little web series that all of a sudden it's been bought by Showtime or HBO. So they are the, the people who are creating content in the mainstream are looking at that stuff it does happen but it's you know it's the odds are pretty long but i also think you have to stay the actor has to take uh charge of his or her creative life and i think it's actually a really good thing in the long run i, I it's going to change how things are done and and that's just fine so you got to work on your writing chops your uh editing uh, you got to work on everything nowadays as an actor. It can only serve you better. I think so. I had I, there's a there was a young man who came to me about five six years ago to my acting class, who was a recent college grad, um, clearly very talented. I could just uh, you know you can tell I can tell very quickly this guy was quite good is is quite good. And after about a month in my class, he said, "Can I show you my reel?" Now he was about. 22 or 23 just out of usc and i'm thinking okay yeah of course yes send it to me because i looked at people who have reels when they're that age and they don't really have any credits so they put something together and his reel was stunning it was so good and i said what what are all these things from i mean in in the olden days, <laughs> mm -hmm. you didn't have a reel unless you had a bunch of TV credits and you put that together into a reel. You didn't create a reel out of whole cloth. Well, he put this, he said, oh, those are all things I wrote and directed. And they were great. And he's become not only a very good actor, but a very good director. And so he's, you know, he's across the board. Not everybody has that uh, ability to be adept in that way but so i looked to him and i went yeah that's that's very interesting what he just did are you seeing more of that i see a lot more of that uh yeah and it's you know it's um i guess what i would say is that i think i think standards are extremely low in my opinion mm -hmm. uh by standards i mean just just basic basic stuff uh, basic acting stuff that you really need to know. The standards are pretty low. Um, good is still good. Great is still great. And it's always the cream that rises to the top. It's the, you know, the top 5% of people and projects and things that really is what we're shooting for. But um, there's a tremendous amount of content. Some of it's very good. Some of it's just weird and strange and just are, are, are badly done. I mean, nobody sets out to do something bad, but no, no. A, a lot of stuff gets done. And it's it's being monetized now on YouTube. I know some people who are doing that, and the quality of what they do is really not great, but they somehow have a lot of eyeballs, and they've, they're making money from it. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Have you changed the way you teach because of this? No, um, I no, not not really. I acknowledge we all acknowledge that the world is different, but I do think that uh, I, I just I come from an older school way of training. I mean, I, I 
I, I just think it's there's no point in dumbing down what I do. And I think people respond to the fact people have responded to the fact that what I do is the, the way I teach my my worldview as as an artist and as a teacher is pretty uh, uh, strict is the wrong word. But it's you know, I have I have very high standards. And mm-hmm. so and why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, when it's that when you see this, the stuff out there that's really good, like I just been watching this thing on Showtime, Patrick Melrose with Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's incredible. It's as, it's as good or better than anything you'll see in, in a movie theater. And so you go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's that's how good it should be. We should try to shoot for that. And so that's that's I mean, I don't know. That's just my background. That's my training. And I don't see any reason to change it, frankly. Well, it makes sense. There's a there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and I've seen it. You've seen it. Some people are happy with that. They're happy mm-hmm. with you know, hey, you know, look at look what I made, and they never want to get better. So, um, but there there is a percentage of people out there that are going to make bad stuff, and hopefully, you know, you know, climb that ladder to the level that that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I think I do think it comes down to training, even though I've had some I've worked with some very good people who have essentially no training, mm-hmm. but but they had uh, a certain sense of themselves that was really highly developed. And that's what this is. I mean, by the way, for film and television, it is a, it is a identity based art form that has to do with faces and worlds. And so some people don't have the face that the camera likes. Mm-hmm. But they're wonderful actors. Some people have a face camera loves, and they're they're mediocre actors. So when you do, well, I was just talking about this to my class at USC. I said, you know, when you think about worlds, as a, somebody who wants to be a film or television actor, Downton Abbey is a world. NCIS is a world. SWAT is a world. Hawaii Five O is a world. The Office is a world. What world do you think you fit in, and why? And so trying to be really specific about what it is you're after. Um, I think it, in other words, I don't really want to hear from people who say, Oh, I just want to work. I just want to work. No, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. I, I want to work. I want to be on big little lies. That's a world I want to be in, for instance, and make your, I always say, make your goal as specific as that. By the way, I just worked on that show. So I, oh, <laughs> it's cool. top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm, you know, make your goal as specific as that. You may not get there, but it will sharpen what you're after. And I, I just think it's, some people fall in love with the idea of it more than they just, they're in love with it and they, and they can't, oh, I can, I'll just do anything. I, if I can just do anything and, and that's all they'll ever do is just anything, you know? Mm. So I think you have to shoot high. And uh, you may not get there, but there's no point in shooting for the middle. Right. Because you're, you're only going to reach the middle if you shoot for the middle. Exactly. You must have read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my hand right here, Michael. And it's a great book. Thank um, you. It's, but it's true. You know, all that is, is true. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions for you, by the way, and talk a little bit about the book? Um, they can get a hold of me through my website, michaellaskinstudio.com. My email is on there. And it's it's kind of remarkable how many people, I mean, this happens a lot. And I don't even, you know, it's a book about acting. Most of those don't sell, you know, massive amounts. But I have very regularly, I just got, a, I got an email this week. I read your book. I fell in love with 
what you're about, how can I be in your class, blah, blah, blah. You know, the fact is I, I keep my, the, my teaching efforts are very boutique. I have one class, I teach it. There's always a waiting list. I don't advertise. So it's like you have to, you know, sometimes if you pester me long enough, I'll let you in class, but mm -hmm. <laughs> well, or if there's room. I think what people like about it is you, you're telling people it's okay to do the wrong, like somewhere in the book there, I remember you got one stink up the joint. You know, you, you tell people to stink up the joint. In other words, you don't have to do your own thing, be free. And, and sometimes uh, like Billy Bob Thornton comes to mind, Jeffrey and I were just talking about him. You know, he's mm -hmm. a guy that like, if you didn't know who he was and he came in, you'd be like, this guy's like nuts. I don't know if he's good or, or if I should get a restraining order, but, <laughs> but, but I like that telling people, you know, uh, do your own thing. Uh, be free with who you are. And, and Sometimes. Well, I think it's, I think it's important to, at uh, the basic takeaway from what I've learned over many decades and what I try to teach is that when you act in the theater, which I'm in love with and which I did a lot of, and I still I just did something as recently as two years ago, you are sort of becoming somebody else entirely different from yourself. When you're acting on screen, it is about it is much more about who you are than what you can do. It's about identity and point of view. And um, that's something that's, you can't really teach that. I mean, mm -hmm. you can, you, but you can curate that in people and you can, you can push them toward, you know, understanding that who they are. When, when I say stink up the joint, it's also like in, in class, you know, don't, I don't, I really, part of me kind of, smiles inside when somebody is doing something that is not going well. Mm -hmm. Not that I not, I'm not looking for an opportunity to tear anybody down, but you have to, you have to have the requisite amount of that before you get good. And it just takes a while. You have to go through a, a large amount of work before you start to make progress. And everybody does. It's not, you know, everyone, there's a casual attitude about acting right now. I see it in some younger actors. Well, like they, they can just show up and kind of just, behave in a, in a realistic human fashion. And that's, yeah, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe if, if you're spectacularly interesting looking, but generally speaking, you have to have a plan and you have to have an understanding of text and, and all of that. And then there's so many talented people. I mean, there's just an extraordinary amount of very talented people that if you have that attitude, you're, you're not, you, unless you get extremely lucky, you're not going to get too far. Are you seeing a lot of actors actually trying to become filmmakers in their own right? Yeah, actually I am. Um, not all, of course. I mean, case in point, I just taught this class. I created a class that they didn't have before at USC called An Actor's Real. And it's for these graduating seniors who are all freaking out because now they're going to be out of the nest and they're going to be on their own and they're going to try to be actors and mm -hmm. And they don't have a reel. Well, having a reel is like having a business card. You kind of have to have it, but it doesn't generally mean anything. But you do have to have it. If somebody says, do you have some footage on yourself? You say, yes, I'll send you my reel. So they basically had to create a one and a half, one and a half minute to two and a half minute reel of, of original material that they just had to create it. And we 
we worked on it in class and they went off and they filmed it. And sometimes it was really bad. And I would say, that's not, first of all, sound and picture quality is terrible. You need to reshoot it. But they did put together this, in some cases, very good reels. And it, what it did more than anything, because the reels, it's like a website. It's going to change continuously if you continue to work. But it, what, it gave them authority over themselves. They didn't, they said, oh, I can actually do this. I can actually go out and create this. And some of them were real digital natives who just knew how to do it right away. And there was a couple who like were worse than I am as far as technical stuff. And I'm an old guy. And so it's, you know, it, it was very interesting though, and actually quite successful from my standpoint. And I think that's, it's just, they're, they're, they're calling, they're, they're asking a lot, a, a quick case in point. I had an audition yesterday that I coached and, and taped at my house with a young actress who's doing very well. She's in a couple of big movies. It's for uh, Little Women. The new Greta Gerwig is going to direct the next Little Women. And mm. it's a 14-page audition they want filmed. Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> that's but that's kind of typical now. It's like, yes, can you just put this on tape and send it to us? It's 14 pages. The character is dying in two of the scenes. It's not easy to do. No. It's, it's it's not easy to do at all. And, you know, we did it. We did it in an hour and a half and it really looks good. Mm -hmm. But she's also this this young woman is is very good and came in uh, already quite well prepared for it. But yep. they're so they're asking more and more of actors. Self self taping in particular has become gigantic. It's the new standard now. So you don't go into offices as much. You You send in a tape. So, so now, uh, you know, that strikes a, a note with me. You have to be more technically savvy as an actor yes. nowadays, because if there's no Michael Laskin around to tape it for you, how are you going to do that? Well, they and, all have to learn to do it. And the thing is, there's, there's a good thing about self-taping in that you can get an audition you actually like. Mm -hmm. you, can do, you can do it until you go, oh, no, you know, I like that. Take six is what I'm going to do. That's great. When sometimes you walk in the room, you get one shot at it and it doesn't go real well and you're out the door before you know it. Now, the disadvantage is there's no personal contact. You don't go in and meet people face to face. And I think that's a big loss. That's mm -hmm. just becoming a thing of the past. And I don't really know why. I think it's budgetary. Like, oh, I have to have an, another, a second assistant in order to have a casting session. Let's just have them send in tapes. Mm. So it's becoming like that, and it's um, it's a, the community that used to be uh, vibrant around casting, and and I mean, I knew several of the casting directors because I had been in so many times and so many projects. It's kind of, it's I won't say it's a thing of the past, but it's definitely changed, and some of it's good and some of it's not, you know. Yeah, and you can't get a feel for how it is to work with somebody by watching a tape. You know, no, how, you how can't, well do they take you, direction? You know, you, you don't get you that. Can, you, can't get a, you can't get an adjustment. You mm. can't say, could you do that? But on the second scene, I want you to, So I think at the, the bigger projects, the better, the better projects, the better film and television projects, you, you do go in in person. The ones that are bigger budget and where they actually are interested in artistic uh, relevance of some sort. In a lot of the stuff... It, it isn't that. And, and um, like if you're going in for an A-list director, you're going to go in in person, generally mm -hmm. speaking. But um, 
What, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on um, – I know you're not technical. You, you've told me that. You're not a technically savvy guy. <laughs> you are correct. As a guy who's been in the business for umpteen number of years, what are your thoughts on how technology – and how do you think technology has changed the way filmmaking has happened is happening and how actors um, – you know, what are your feelings on it, good or bad? Well yeah. – I think the big the big thing is that uh, because now really good cameras are available in your phone. I mean, we shot this thing for big with uh, Little Women on an iPhone, and it looks amazing. Oh, you did? Yeah, shot oh. it on an iPhone. Didn't cool. even use an, didn't even use an external mic. It it looks and sounds incredible. So that's changed. Uh, that's made it a lot easier. I mean, I, I tell people who are a little phobic about being on camera, sometimes the actors that, that pivot kind of from stage to screen can be a little, um, they're a little afraid of it. I said, you know, just put a, put a camera in your life every day. Like if you're mm. rehearsing something, put your iPhone up against a bookshelf and put on and tape it and watch yourself. And and just get acquainted with yourself in that in that little box because that is and learning. There's a lot of little tricks, um, and I I don't I use the word tricks proudly. They are tricks. There are mm -hmm. little tricks. Yeah. Particularly with filming auditions and that, where it just has to do like you know everything's generally in the in self tapes and auditions is generally done in close up, and so any any move you make. Uh, is amplified, and so any okay. pause you take is is more significant because it's in your close up. Mm -hmm. So it's just learning that and getting acquainted with that. And and some people it's real easy, and some people never get it. You know. Yeah, well, you know, when you're sitting in front of the camera, even if you're in a room by yourself, it it feels different. You know, it, it yeah. feels like it, well, you know, somebody's going to see this, so somebody's watching me now, even though they're not. Um, I I think it definitely affects you. Um, you know, personally, it affects me. So I'm sure there's other people out there that. You well, know, and you, yeah, your relationship is to the camera. Yeah. And the camera is your friend in a way. And so because in, in theater acting, it's more of an outward. Yes. It's an, and, and this and camera is you, you just be still and the camera finds you and, and the camera can read your thoughts. And just making that transition is is uh some people it's it's very easy i find as i go along in this because i'm a little late to the teaching game i'm 67 and i started this about uh, almost nine years ago mm -hmm. I, the, the difference now is that most of the people who are young uh have all spent a lot of time on camera already whether it's just in projects that they made in there with their friends or they're really more um the 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 ability for them to adjust between those two mediums isn't as severe. I yeah. think they're more of a natural ability to do that, that which is that, good. That makes sense because uh, we, you know they've grown up with cameras in their hand where we haven't. Exactly. Uh, and uh, you know everything's a camera with them. You know, <laughs> you know I am on the Ferris wheel. You know the selfies and all of that. Uh, and I that that must help actors, I'd imagine, because now the camera is no longer an enemy. They don't get the the Cindy Brady effect, if you will. Yeah, so, uh, no, Brady I, bunch I, of I, reference there, but uh, you know they don't get. <laughs> ner 
Michael Michael may get that one, but Jeffrey may not because he's the young pup. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I know. I t- I've t- I've been asking all the questions here, Jeffrey. Do you got any questions for Michael? Um, I don't. This is fascinating. Uh, I think we should have him back. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much more to get into. Oh yeah. Um, but Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're more than welcome. This was great. And uh, if I, you know, I was just at a. I'll leave you this one thing. I, I just I did a short film, which I don't often do, that got a lot of attention. I went up to Canada and it was at a film festival and they asked me, it's basically a two-hander. It's a really nice two-person film. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, what what is your advice to actors? You know, they ask you impossible questions you have to answer in five seconds. And I, sa- I said, persist, just persist. Mm-hmm. And keep doing things because if you persist, you will eventually win the day and, and get and get really solid training. And that's hard to find, frankly, harder and harder to find, in my yeah. opinion. Michael Laskin, author of The Authentic Actor, The Art and Business of Being Yourself. You can reach him at his website, michaellaskinstudio.com. That's the show for today. Tweet us at BorgasFilm or email info at Borgas.com. We're also on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe and uh, give us a star rating. Yeah, and we and you know what I like more than star ratings? Star ratings are great. Feedback. I want to hear, um, you know, I want to hear, answer, I want folks to answer some of our questions that we pose to them throughout the podcast. And or just a simple hi. That's all it takes. Hi, Forrest. Hi, Jeffrey. And then, you know, my day is made. So do that. <laughs> yes, we would love, we would not, we would love to have acknowledgement of our existence. <laughs> yeah. Give me a <laughs> well, I keep going back to that episode from the, Flat the tire, fundraiser yeah. with the, oh my God. I'll give you $10 to, if you just acknowledge you hear me. <laughs> a verbal response. Yeah, verbal response. The Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks, 2018.